tuning into the KDK9 show and sharing your Sunday afternoons with me. I greatly appreciate it. 20 years I've been here. Who would have thunked it, right? Now, uh, Lori and Julia and myself are basically the original crew. Yeah, the OGs. Yep. Yeah, we're the original crew. So, Okay, uh, where are we at? How many pints of Guinness are consumed each year on St. Patrick's Day? Is it 130 million? 12 billion? 13 million? 1.3 million? Hmm. I'm going to go with the first one. 130. 130 million? Yeah. Nah. Too much? Too much. Oh, That's okay. a lot of drinking. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, it's, a, it's 13 million pints of Guinness are consumed each year on, on March 17th. 13 million pints. Do you like Guinness? Uh, they have a new one. It's called Blondie or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. I think. I can yeah. tolerate that one. I'm not a, hey, I drink Keystone Light, you know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I love Keystone. So. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, yeah, you know, it is my my uh, um, gr- grandson says, you know, why bother to drink? You're drinking, you know, what kind of water, right, Grandma? I said, hey, I am just fine. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So like I said, I'm not big on the all the. That's why my money would be wasted at the brewery. I'd be you know whatever all these breweries open and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. My money would be wasted. You know, be in my time because I'd ask you, do what tastes like Keystone Light, <laughs> <laughs> and they'll look at me going, "Lady, you're in the wrong spot." <laughs> okay, let's go back to uh, Michelle. Michelle. There we go. Hey, Michelle. Thanks hey. for holding on. Okay, another thing that you can do to redirect the dog is get a squeaker toy. And put it in your pocket. Um, okay. You can get what's called uh, replaceable large squeakers for dog toys I online. Those. Yeah. Okay, and they fit really nice in your pocket in your shorts. Uh, one in a glove compartment. You know, they're really easy to have around, so that when he you know alerts, we're gonna go, "What is this?" And if he doesn't really turn, hit the squeaker. You know, to get his head to turn. Her turn. Sorry about that. Not her. His. Hers. But anyway, and then go back into playing the game. What is this? Because a lot of times the hit of a squeaker, you know turns a dog head and most of them because they hate the noise uh that's why if a dog if you get a dog a squeaker toy and he rips it out in 0.2 seconds you never give him another one because yeah. it just teaches him to shred things but you can use the squeakers to your advantage if you're having some kind of training problems and so that's why if you learn to bring a squeaker with you on walks all right that you can direct the head hey you know let, let's put you know let's say you say what is this and, he, and, and, and beatrice says i don't care <laughs> yeah. then you just hit the squeaker Squeak, squeak. Hey, Beatrice. We're- she will definitely respond to oh, Okay, so now, good. So now you got something to turn her head so that you can get her mind off of reacting to whatever is coming. Right. And so that's the whole thing is to redirect. And I don't understand these dogs or people, the trainers that say, you know, use treats. Number one, you get the dog gets upset tummy. But number two, if they are so amped up or even if they're really scared of something, treats, you could have sirloin steak, you know, T-bone steaks. They could care less. They are not interested when when they're getting themselves revved up or ready to take off because they're scared. Okay, but so that's why sometimes noise will get a dog's head to turn and get their, um, you know, mind off of whatever they're zeroing in on. Right. So well, yeah. that's interesting about the squeaker toys because I was at, um, I don't know what store I was at, but they sold them. It was a pet store. I was like, why in the world would someone be selling <laughs> these squeakers that are inside the stuffed animals? But uh, 
Um, now I'm going to have to remember where I saw them. So okay. yeah, that's yeah, you can great. get because you want the large ones. They make sure. a better, powerful, more noise. You can get them online. I buy uh, buy them by the hundreds. I uh, uh, you can get them online at Amazon and just put in large squeaker replacement for dog toys, okay. and you can buy them like in the dozens, you know, type thing. And they're really cheap. They're really cheap, mm-hmm. and so that's why. Uh, uh, but yeah, that's the best thing because that gets the dog to head head to turn. And don't overuse it. You know, yeah. don't you know keep squeak 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 because you just want to. Sometimes you just tap it. You, then the dog's like, "Where is it? Where is it?" And right. now he's so busy trying to figure out where it came from, he's forgetting about what he's supposed to be reacting to. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so give that a shot and keep your voice very perky, very positive. Don't worry about saying no, bad dog, leave it. Don't go down that road. Just oh, redirect. Yeah. Just redirect the dog. Okay, and just own. Think that way instead. In my mind, like, oh my god, I'm going to kill you. Yes. I mean, I, I, would I pass people? I'm like. I said, I'm really sorry. She's a really sweet yes. dog. Yep. She just does not like being on a leash because she seriously sounds like she's going to eat them. Right. And said so another thing you could do, too, is that let's say you get her to face away from, you know, whatever's coming. Stand on the leash like about six, eight inches from the hook where you're not tip her to the ground. Yeah. But if she tries to lurch out or mm-hmm. try to turn around to see what's behind her, you know, what's going back, she can't. Okay, she corrects herself, all right? And just yeah. stand there and don't say anything. Let her be responsible. So you're going to try different ways. And as you already said, she reacts to some and not all. Okay, yeah. so just what you're just going to do, though, is you're going to have do the same for everything, all right? So that it just kind of becomes, she starts, instead of looking at that and reacting, she just automatically looks to you like, where are we going? Are we going to play the game? <laughs> and so, but then, and when you got more of a control and you can go for more walks and her become less and less reactive, then you can bring the second dog out, okay? But then yeah. if it starts going south, then that you're just going to have to get used to just walking her by herself so you can control the situation. Right. Yeah, yeah. I sometimes do that now too, depending on um, if sh- the other dog shade, if she's with us or not. Or yeah. I'll bring my husband and I will go, and he'll have shade on all of these. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. Well, I appreciate it. I love no. listening to your. Well, show thank you. So oh, I appreciate you. that. Now, your troller. Do you use it for hunting, or do you uh, just buddy? She is a yes. She is a bird dog, but okay. you know she's about thirty-five pounds. Okay. Um, and she is now twelve. She'll be thirteen in May. Oh my! And so. She's awesome. She still likes to hunt. It gets a little bit tricky, so I'm not sure if she'll go out this fall. Uh Um, But, you know, it's funny because she loves to retrieve. And I was listening to your previous stuff about the chuck it and the falls. And she just gets so amped up when she has a duck decoy um, that she likes to fetch. But at the same time, you know, when I was listening to you, too, and the evening, she gets all ramped up and she wants someone to throw a ball at her. Uh, Just lop it up in the air to her. Okay. And yeah, so it's really interesting. But Yeah, you want to work on calmness so so that you don't create compulsive disorders. Well, that's what I need to talk to, yeah, my husband about because she'll just start going crazy and just sit there and bark. And then what you do is you get up and you leave. Okay, you don't answer her. You know, a lot of times oh, people teach idea. dogs to bark to at them because a dog. You sit on the couch, your dog comes up and barks at you, and, and the automatic reaction of a human is to lean forward and go, "What? What do you want?" Exactly. Okay? What do you want? And don't you do that? You think it in your head, but you yes. don't say it. And then you get up, and then you think, "Does she have to go potty?" What? Are you? So you're running it through your head, but you're not answering her bark. All right. And so then the same thing now, if, if she, um, if you don't, she doesn't, you know, she just wants to play then just yeah. get up and go to another room. 
Okay, and then when she's done, come back out. And it's a pain in the butt at first, but pretty yeah. soon the dog realizes if I come out and bark at you, you're going to leave. <laughs> so it's just like, well, I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> but what you want to start doing instead of doing the throwing, uh, because especially you don't want to wear out her joints. You know, she's 12, and she's yeah. already been, all, you know, get the, like the brain teaser book for dogs, brain teasers for dogs, because that's all scent work, all nose work, of things that they've got to work on puzzles. And, it's, and then there's different layers to the puzzles. So now it's quiet time, but you're draining her and giving her something to do and so brain game i mean brain teasers by soderman s-o-n-d-e-r-m-a-n-n that's going to be your book of choice and then awesome instead of wearing her joints out you're going to use what she's natural for her which is to use her nose and then to find you know figure out puzzles okay right okay that's great oh thank you so much oh, you're more than welcome you have a grand day enjoy you the weather too. this week <laughs> all right okay take care you too bye-bye bye-bye Okay, what did St. Patrick use? What should we go to? Yeah, let's go to break right now. Okay, what did St. Patrick use shamrocks for? As medicine? To flavor his coffee? <laughs> for good luck? To illustrate the Holy Trinity? We'll be right back. Yeah, we're back. Thank you, thank you. Greatly appreciate you tuning in. All right, we're doing St. Patty's uh, trivia today. Because I think it's Thursday, the big green day. You know, I bartended for 30 years, right? Yep. And it used to be, they used to, um, uh, before they understand how to put the green in the kegs of beer, you know, each glass, each pitcher, you had a, my hands would be green from the green dye for like two weeks oh, after St. Patrick's Day. People looking at me like I was some kind of freak, you know, <laughs> and I always remember the word yucky stuff for bartending that day. So if I get green dye on it, you know, the, the whatever, wood coloring. But anyway, then they finally came up where they could tap the keg, you know, put the green. The only problem with that is that we didn't go through the keg on St. Patrick's Day. Oh. Then the next couple of days, that beer that was ordered, uh, yeah, came out green. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Uh, what did St. Patrick's use uh, the shamrocks for? Uh, as medicine, uh, to flavor his coffee, for good luck, or to illustrate the Holy Trinity? I'm going to say for good luck. Uh, nope. It's oh. to illustrate the Holy Trinity. Many claim the shamrock replaces faith, hope, and love, or any number of other things, but it is actually used by by Patrick to teach the mystery of the Holy Trinity. Oh, all there right, pretty go. neat. Yeah, there you go. Okay, who's up? All right, so we have Cindy on the line, and she has a question about a questionable lump that's on her dog. All right. Hi, Cindy. How you doing? Hi, good, Katie. Good, good. How, so, um, how old's your pupper? So I have um, uh, an 11-year-old, 12-pound um, toy poodle. He's white. And um, I just noticed the last few days he has this 50-cent size, um, piece-size, soft lump, no hard. It's not hard. Edges are soft. Okay. And it's um, on his low back, kind of near his hip. Enough so that he's able to reach it, lick it, and bite at it. Okay. Now, can you get um, your fingers around it, or is it attached on the back side, on the bottom side, or can you get your fingers all the way underneath it? Oh, I'll have to, I'll have to see if I can do that. I know it's soft. Okay. Because, uh, but then sometimes if you get your hands all the way under it. You know, so it's not really actually like there just might be a piece of skin that holds it in there, but it's not really attached. Oh, okay. Okay. Because usually a lot of time with that age of dog, most of them are what they call fatty tumors. 
All right. Yeah. And so, uh, that, yeah, that there, there isn't any, you know, it's, it's, it looks ugly and it's awkward and such like that. And so that's why what you can do is you can, you know, go, uh, you know, go to the vet and they can obviously, they can operate it, you know, take a, a sample out, you know, to okay. make sure that it's, it's not a cancerous. And okay. then, uh, then if it's not cancerous, then what are you going to do? You can either let it go. Now, how fast does this grow? How, how did it just come on like overnight or what? Well, you know, I, it's almost like a because I would have noticed it. Right. Um, I just noticed that he was licking at it and biting at it. So I just want to say it was like, I, I don't know, like a couple days. Okay. Almost. Okay. Okay. Could that be? Yeah. Oh, you definitely. Yes. yes, it can. Yes, it can. So, uh, so that's why what you want to do is you want to make an appointment because you just want to rule everything out. Okay. Okay. But usually, if you can get your hand around it to the back side, that is not actually attached, attached, that is usually good news, you know. Okay. But anything's, you know, you know, a lot of it. All right. But so that's why I would just have it. Being, being that he's only, you know, a little munchkin, you know, I would just definitely have the de- the the doctor looked at look at or the vet to look at him just to rule everything out and that it'd be okay because uh, you know he's twelve years old as long as he's not too fat or eleven years no, old. You yeah. Know, then you know no, there'd be yeah it'd be an e- he can live to be an easy eighteen nineteen years old if he's in good shape. Oh so. yeah, he's very spry. Oh good. And he's very well you know um, eats well. I do rotate diet. I've nice um, Nutrisource and fresh foods. Yes. So in the meantime, so I'm going to try and get him in tomorrow. Um, you know, I kind of put an ace wrap around so he doesn't bite at it. Okay. Okay. It's, yeah. Well, that's fine. If he, if he tolerates the wrap, if you know, there's no problem. If he ta- tolerates the wrap, okay. But yeah, well, yeah, this is a- figure out how to keep it on. Okay, he knows how to get out of it. Oh, okay. Um, um, otherwise, like I say, you could take and put a little bit of uh, uh, applesauce, not applesauce, <laughs> um, organic apple cider vinegar on it, so it doesn't okay, taste as yep. yeah, so it doesn't taste as good. All right, and then if he starts oh, to lick okay. it, if he starts to lick it, just give him a ah, uh-uh, leave it, hey, leave it, okay. redirect him, and right. kind of stay on top of him, okay. Um, otherwise, okay. you know, if you got the collar of shame, you could put the the collar on him so he can't lick it, you know, type thing. Yeah, I thought about that. Yeah, yeah I actually went out and got kind of a little one, and okay, um, he was still. Yeah, because apparently yeah. if he's if he's going after it, it's it's you know then you you know because some of them they just kind of like oh it's there no big deal, but if he's going after yeah. it, apparently it must itch and bother him a little bit you know type yeah, thing. It does. Yeah, yeah, and it so is. that's why you know this is an emer- this is not an emergency, but uh, like I said, so in the meantime, and I, uh, there are if you got you know like the little soft collars, they don't have to be those clear ones that they you know are tough <laughs> you know so if you choose to put a collar on them they do have softer collars and but ones that they, they can see through that's what you want okay, okay? because okay. i never understood the collars where the dog couldn't see sideways you know it only could see forward that drove, uh, you know that would drive anybody nuts and so yeah. so you want more <laughs> they can see around and uh for the big dogs you know those swimming noodles yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I know they make teeny tiny noodles that you can make, and you can make a collar out of that, so he can't reach around, you know, and and, okay. and lick himself. You know, at the dollar store, I've seen those little tiny noodles at uh, swimming noodles at the dollar store. Oh, so, okay. Anyway, yeah, I bought a little inflatable one. Okay. Yep, that's fine too. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Just, he, yeah. I need, yeah. I need to get a bigger size. Okay. Okay, um, but yeah, so Jeff, right. but that's the thing is just follow through for his age and everything. You just want to make sure it's not something bad. Yeah. And it's and if he's if it's bothering him now, it's only going to get worse as if it's growing that fast. 
you know, so something yeah, needs. No, I'll take them in on yeah, that. So I just, you know, I didn't want the, uh, you know, and uh, excuse me, I just, I don't want the vet to over treat, you know, and right. get into some, if it's just a fatty fatty tissue yeah and, but yeah. yeah and so you just got to decide that okay it's a fatty tissue are we going to leave it or are we going to you know um you know let, let, now some people had luck if it's a fatty tissue they deem it that is to get the dog off of all processed food and go to raw you know a, a okay. raw diet that a lot of times some of the uh, uh, the fatty tumors have shrunk by getting them off of processed food okay, okay. and right. so yeah there again okay. that, that uh holistic I mean, the dogs magazine, dogs naturally magazine.com, and then the holistic pets.mercola.com. You can put in fatty tumors if in case that's what it is, and then you can see how others have worked with those, okay? Okay, great. Okay. Okay. That's if it is. Like I said, but get it checked out to make sure you know what you're dealing with, okay? Don't get it. Yeah, I sure will. Okay, kid. Take care. You bet. Bye bye. Bye. Yeah, I'm not a vet. I'm just giving you some ideas, folks. Giving you some ideas. Okay, who's up there, Mr. All Mr. Right. Brian? <laughs> All right, so we have Heidi on the line, and she has a unique training question for you. Uh, unique? Well, I'm intrigued. <laughs> Hi, Heidi. How Hi, you Katie. doing? Good. How are you? Good. So what's, what is your unique question? Well, I have. We, we bought a, a great Pyrenees, and he's right. about seven months old now. We have a hobby farm. Mm-hmm. Um and we were having trouble with uh, coyotes yep. killing off our ducks and chickens. Yep. Uh, so they kind of are instinctively um, helping with that problem. So uh, we, uh, you know, he's not very old yet, but he um, has been in the house most of the winter. We we have had him out. He's been introduced to to everything. Um, but uh, as of lately, he's been outside more and and. Um, he uh, a couple times now has gotten hold of the ducks somehow, and, and he's killed them, and he's playing with them and eating them. So oh. what do we do? Yeah, that's not what we want. No. Because, see, um, have you ever had a great pier before? No. Okay, because the thing is, is what they have to do is grow up with what they're supposed to guard. Okay, so they okay. they live with the ducks, they live with the the pheasants, and they live with the, the pigs or the sheep or whatever type thing, and so that becomes their family, and they can guard them naturally without any help from humans. All right, and so now he's just a puppy. Well, how much did you say? Seven months. He's seven months. Yeah, yeah. and he's already about ninety pounds. Yep. Yep. Okay. So he's seven months. So everything's a, a play. You know, what I mean. Yeah. So if the duck moves, I've got it. <laughs> yep, that's what we think he's doing. Yep. Yes, and so that's and that's tough when they start, you know, killing him. Um, uh, because now, so he didn't spend much time with these guys when he was younger, right? He just no. I mean, it's been so cold. Right. I thought it would be too. too our barn's not heated. Right. And, you know, he's still really young, and right. I think I did it wrong. Okay. <laughs> you know, because this will be interesting, because, uh, you know, I'm from, you know, I've never had to train a great peer. I just have learned, you know, through the grapevine. So you'd be really well to get into the, you know, Google Great Pyrenees, you know, um, on and see what a great peer society or, you know, clubs in Minnesota. And, okay. And, and do that. And then, um, or you put in like, uh, working great Pyrenees, why need help? <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> because they are such a unique breed. I am, I totally tip my hat to these guys because, um, uh, where I live, uh, uh, Manning, 
out of Stillwater. There's is it's called the Kelly Farm, and they had sheep, uh, big, huge, they had sheep and cattle, and they have ginormous herd of sheep. Okay, and somebody told me that there was a llama working the field, you know, there because a llama sees above the head and alerts, and that there was a great pier in there. And I said, there is not. I go past there, you know, daily. I've never seen a pier there. Well, anyway, so one day, you know, I had time, so I decided I'm just going to pull up to the fence. I'm going to check this out, see if I, because I can see the llama, okay, but I couldn't see. I no sooner got out of the car, walked around the truck, and by Jiminy, guess what? Met me right in the face. Was a great oh. peer. It's like, where did you come from? <laughs> so anyway, you want to hold on? I got to go uh, to break. So hold on a sec. All right. Okay. How long is the world's shortest St. Patrick's Day parade? 98 feet, 26 yards, 26 feet. 98 yards. We'll be back. All right, we got people waiting, so we got to just move it forward here. How long is the world's shortest St. Patrick's Day parade? 98 feet, 26 yards, 26 feet, or 98 yards? 26 feet. I'm just going to go with that. <laughs> 26 feet? Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Actually? Oh. Yeah. Okay. From 1999 <laughs> to 2007, the Irish village of Dripsy proudly touted that it hosted the world's shortest St. Patrick's Day parade. The route ran for 26 yards. Okay. <laughs> between two pubs. Oh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's pretty good. That really is. Yep. Okay, we're back to Heidi. Yep. Heidi, are you still hi. with us? Hi, hi, hi. Yep. Because what you would do, like if I, if you have a chicken killer or whatever, is different because you want this dog to adhere to these and not eat them. <laughs> yes. And so you don't want them to be scared of it. So that's why I'm not going to give you how you get a dog to not eat chickens or ducks or stuff like that because you don't want to wreck them and that's why what you're going to have to do is is put your feelers out how to work with this because usually what happens when people get the great peers you know to guard something they're they as a pup they're raised with whatever like if they're raised they're raised in a barn because they're a working dog they're not in the house okay and they're raised right. with it and then a lot of them i know some of them had success and it depends on the personality of the great peer that you got is that there are some that they spend the day you know with what they're guarding you know like as a pup they'll spend a couple hours here a couple hours there and then a couple hours in the house but then back to what they're supposed to be guarding so they just you know, you know it's uh, the mindset of the peer of like i said that's why great peers usually don't make good house pets they use their notorious and what people don't realize is they're a guard dog, all right? So then they get upset when they're not so nice to people that want to come over to the house. <laughs> but anyway. Well, so, he's pretty sweet. I mean, he'll, he'll bark at anyone that, that comes yep, up to the house. Yep, but. yep. But so as far as since he's already got a hold of stop, okay, what you might want to do, you could put him like in a kennel. If you can, or bat, and I don't know what your barn setup is, uh, put him in a box stall, something that he can be around what you want him to guard, whether it's the ducks, the chickens. That was the plan, but now we're just kind of afraid to put him in there. Is he just going to kill well, everything? Well, no, but see, you've got a section, gone? but no, 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 you've got to section him in out so that he can't get, he can observe them, but he can't go and eat them. All right. You know, like you put okay. him in a kennel or a box, you know, something that, so he can see them, but he can't go after them. He can get used to their smells, their movements and such like that. Okay. Is okay. what we're doing. Cause at seven months, you know, he's just a, you know, in his head, every, you know, life's a game. Right. And so if right. it moves, I'm going to go play with it. Oops. I killed it. Oh, well, let's see what it tastes like. <laughs> and so that's, but I know they're going to, he's going to have to start living with them to a certain degree to be able to start guarding them. Now, now I'm not versed in that. 
that. I've just learned some things along the way from other great peer owners, but you need to get in, in, um, in contact with other peer owners. And that's why I would Google it. You know, how to get, uh, you know, I've got a great peer, seven months old, but I'll just say great peer, um, how to bond with ducks or how to okay. bond, you know, with whatever you want them to, re- you know, just kind of start putting the questions out there and hopefully you'll, you'll find somebody that's really used to working with peers and can help you being that he's gone over the side, you know, the edge and actually killed, you know, ate him and killed him and ate yep. him because that's a whole different ball game. Okay. So that's okay. why, like I said, this has to be handled uniquely. And so, cause I had one dog that decided chickens was going to be for dinner. <laughs> and so I, I got him off of that. But like I say, I don't want him to guard them either, but he didn't, wouldn't eat the chickens no more. He was scared of them. <laughs> right. And so anyway, but so yeah, we can do, if you need that, but you want him to watch, you know, is what you want, you know, to take care of what you've got. Have you looked into having some people um come and shoot uh, coyotes around you? Uh, shoot, shoot them around. We've snared them and gotten rid of them before. Oh, okay. Because, see, I don't like traps because I'm always scared my dogs or, you know, something's going to get hurt. And so I did, there's some people, uh, some guys, in fact, they were just here this fall, um, uh, that, that come out and then they hunt the coyotes. And so what happens is that, um, because we were just getting so many of them. I mean, I lost tap, you know, a couple of years ago, I lost all my ducks and geese and they were just crazy. And yeah, so, yeah. We and, had that issue last year. and so that's what I just did is that I just had, you know, these hunters, they come out and by God, I was really over the past year, they've gotten, I think 15 is what they've got. Oh, wow. So, yeah. And so that's the whole thing. And it shows, and, you know, around us, man, it was, if you're outside, you know, usually around 10, 30, 11 at night, it was like, they were talking to it and they, they were like, right. Because they could throw their voice pretty good. And so it was like, they're like right behind you. <laughs> like, Jiminy. But like I said, when they started taking out all my stuff, it's like, okay, you need to say goodbye, but I won't let people, like I say, trap because I'm always scared that you know some uh, something's going to get trapped that doesn't need to be trapped. So that's why I'd rather right. have the hunters come. Yeah, out and we're to... right by the river, so we have them. They come up and down that river. Oh yes, yep, that will do it. You got yeah. So that's a, that's a toughie. It really is. So I, I you know, like I say, I, I haven't had ducks and geese. I bet you now it's been ten, twelve years because I got tired every night because I, I they were staying down in the pond. I couldn't want run them up, you know, to lock them in. <laughs> and so yes. what happened is that you know they just. Every Every morning there'd be feathers, something got eight and finally they got my last geese, my last duck. And it was like, okay, I'm done. I can't, I can't tolerate this anymore. So it's a That's tough one. the point where we were getting to, to, they took down a big turkey that I had that my kids were going to use for 4-8. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So uh, like, we got to do something. So yeah. we did, but that's yeah. not, we spoiled him, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Well, see, about the, yeah. Yeah. Cause about the only thing, you know, like I said, they have farm running animals. Now, do you have chickens? We have chickens and uh, ducks, a um, couple turkeys, and we have some goats, too. Okay, okay. Yeah, because I learned my lesson with, I, I had red tails, big red tails around our house, and they were taking my chickens left and right. And finally, I started thinking like the red tail and the, the do- our dogs, the, you know, uh, the prey Birds, you know, eagles, red tails, whatever. They hunt first thing in the morning. I lock my, I have a big coop, you know, surrounded totally, you know, uh, the sides and the top so nothing can get in, you know, to their coop. And anyways, but I don't let the, uh, the chickens roam the farm until about two, three o'clock. Then I'll open them and let them run the farm. And I haven't lost a chicken to a red tail or an eagle or anything since then. 
because they're all they they the prey birds hunt in the morning, and the, now I'm really lucky so far since they hunted out the coyotes. I haven't I never lost anything to coyotes, so they weren't brave enough to come up to all the barns because you know between the dogs and us running around stuff like that, they just never got close enough to where the barns were. So I don't know, sure. it was crazy. Now, yeah, skunks, no, we definitely we have a lab and a shih tzu too, but the coyotes don't care about them. Wow. So. Yeah, no, they're pretty brazen. They're they're that that is one they learn to rotate. As they get encroached, their land gets taken away. They've learned to adapt so quick that it's almost scary how fast those guys can ad- adapt to their surroundings. That nothing scares them. You know, that's the thing. So, But anyway, well, I'm sorry. But hopefully, like I say, you can get this figured out. And uh, But like I say, my my thought would have been I would have got an older peer. And one that had already done oh, something, sure. I wouldn't have got. Okay. I would. I wouldn't have got a puppy because even with obedience and agility or anything, the dogs aren't really good until they're about two, two and a half. You're just laying the good groundwork for what you need them for later. You know, same with your hunting dogs. You know, okay. What I mean? Well, we'll just start keeping them outside more and and um. Yeah. So yeah, get but him, get in get contact with great. Needs to do. Yeah. Get, well, get get in contact with great peer people, okay? Because they'll be able to yep. help you, okay? Okay. Well, keep me, right, well, then, and keep me, uh, send me an email, you know, Katie's canine or whatever. Just keep, because this is something that I'd be learning from about too. So just in sure. case, you know, something, somebody else calls in or whatever, I can say, oh, I had this one gal. Okay. So that's, yeah, please keep me, uh, that's how I learn and how I can pass it around. Okay. Absolutely. Thanks, okay. Katie. Kato, thank, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah. Those doggone coyotes. Ugh. And so what people don't realize is the coyotes up in this area are, uh, about 55 pounds. They're, mm-hmm. they're a big, big coyote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I had a gal, a guy come, oh, this a couple years ago. He asked me if he could hunt coyotes on our place. And I said, well, I'm looking at it. And I says, uh, where have you hunt, done it before? He says, oh, down in Arizona. <laughs> I just looked at him and I said, how big are the coyotes in Arizona? He says, oh, about, you know, 25, 30 pounds. <laughs> I says, have you ever hunted coyote? Oh, he said, I just came up here, you know, and just, you know, everybody's screaming about the coyote problems around here. And I said, well, have you seen a Minnesota coyote? <laughs> well, no. I said, they run about 50, 55 pounds. No way. I said, way. <laughs> Double. Doubled the size. <laughs> yeah, no, he, yeah, he, he was a little bit uh, worried about that one. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, where are we at? All right. We, we need to go to break, or we got we get to what are we doing? We can uh, introduce. Okay, next let's one. let's do that then. Yeah. So next caller is Dave, and he is a pug uh, with a throat slash cough problem. Oh, okay. So I'll let him explain it. Bye. All right. Okay. Hi, Dave. How you doing? I'm great, kid. How are you doing? Good. Good. So how old's your pug? So she's a <laughs> she's a very young thirteen. Thirteen, cool. That's really nice. <laughs> but she, you know, for the last year or so, she's had that. You know, it's not a kennel cough. But you know how they have that, uh, um, like collapsing trachea yep. kind of sounding thing. Yep. And I didn't know if there was something I could do. You know, she's listen. She's she's older for sure. So she's she her sight's going a little bit. Her uh-huh. hearing's going a little bit. Yep. But I certainly want to make this as easy as possible for her. Her last few years, you know. Right. So, um, so is now, there anything I can do to, to help her with her cough? Okay, when the cough comes, is it after she gets done drinking, after she gets done eating, when she's walking? Where does this cough come in? It's mostly, I think it's mostly throughout the day. That's why when I've heard about her, when I, you know, typed in and Googled it, it's a lot, I get a lot of the collapsing trachea among pugs because of how their Put together. nasal yeah. passages yeah. or yeah. throat passage works, I guess. Yep. Because yep. of their flat face, kind of. Yep. But I didn't know if there was something. Um, 
I mean, I, I, I just don't. I also don't want to hurt her. Right, <laughs> right. Okay, so now she's not in any pain. Okay, she's not, you right. Know, but okay. she makes a racket. Okay, the million dollar question for pug owners: Is your pug good weight or overweight? I think she's a uh, she's a solid weight. I don't think she's that overweight. We walk most days. Okay, but I mean, a pug. Most pugs, a true pug of good weight is like the front end doesn't belong to the back end. The front end is broad and you know flat and such and then it narrows from the sh- you know from the shoulders on back. It looks like a different dog on the back end. They're not That's as right. wide at the shoulder as they are at the hip. They it's a re- right. they, they get real thin after the shoulders. So is yours thin? Heavy. Yours is thin after the at the shoulders? Yeah, she well she's very front you know front heavy is how right. I think of it, you know. Top heavy, front heavy. Yeah, yep, yep, okay. Uh, because the thing is, is that with, you know, the pugs or any dog that is a smashed in face, you know, Boston's, um, right. you know, English Bulldogs, things like that, they run whereas they're, they're, they have breathing problems. And the biggest damnation for that is uh, being overweight. If they, uh, if they can be really, really thin, that really, really helps. Now, when she sleeps, does she snore a lot? She doesn't snore that much, no. She's oh, wow. She's quiet sleeper. It's a pretty quiet sleeper. That's why wow, you know, okay. I, when I Google stuff, it talks about, you know, vaporizers or stuff like that. But then you have to be real careful with what kind of what kind of um Yep. What kind of product or what kind of stuff you want to put in the vaporizer because there can be things that are bad for dogs. Right, that right. Inhale them too much. Right. Okay. So let's say you're going on and a I'm no vet. What? <laughs> Yeah. I'm not a vet. Right. Okay, let's say you're going on a walk. Okay, it's just an average day, right? Now, does yep. she, like, uh, sneeze or cough as on your walk at all? No, not at all. Okay. She gets a marathon. Okay. And so nothing happens on walks. Okay. Nope. Okay, so then in the house, now you're in the house. So then yep. now what's going on? Is she, like, just walking from another room to where you're at? And she either, now is it a, a sneeze or is it, like, a clear the throat? Or is it no, an actual it's cough? It's a, it's a cough. And it's actually, like, the way that it was described to me is that it's like a reverse sneeze almost. Like Ooh. a reverse sneeze, if you can picture that. It's like a yes. cough and it's this. And, and it's it progressively worse over the years too. I the last last two or three years. Okay, okay, okay. We got to run to like if she, so. So put your like if she wakes up, like let's say she's sleeping on the couch and she yep. wakes up to go get a drink, she'll wake up and then start coughing and walk and go get a drink, and then still continue coughing. Okay, like, unless she's really settled and calm and you know, or yep. if she's going out for a walk and she. I think when she goes out for a walk, it's probably like all of us. She kind of gets lost in the walk. It doesn't think about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. <laughs> Let's, uh, yeah, well, why don't you hold on, and then we'll discuss yeah. this when we come back. Okay, what type of Irish fairy has sometime been described as a leprechaun on a uh, drinking spree? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, I can't pronounce half these words. Wait a minute here. Uh, a glip, glip. Uh, Glimatron? Um, uh, oh, man, I should have looked at this. <laughs> Maybe you do. Yeah, really. <laughs> Never mind. What's the science na- scientific name for sh- shamrock? All of these, the following, um, Dubbin, the following. <laughs> I am not scoring very well here. Let's just go to break and we'll figure this out. All right, <laughs> All right we're winding down. Okay. Scratch those other two that I was trying to spit out, okay? Here's an easy <laughs> one for you. How long is the lease on the Irish brewery uh, that first invented Guinness? 
Okay, how long is the leash on the Irish brewery that first invented Guinness? Uh, 99 years, 9,000 years, 9 years, 900 years. Oh, gosh. Uh 900 years. I okay, don't know. nope, it's 9,000. 9,000. In, in 1759, Arthur Guinness left home and headed for Dublin, where he signed a 9,000-year 9, lease at E45 per annum on a dilapidated brewery at St. James Gate. Oh, that's super cool. Isn't that something? Yeah. Yeah. What was the first color associated with St. Patrick's Day? Red, blue, yellow, black. Oh, uh, I'm going to say black. Uh, wrong B. Blue. Blue. I knew that. Uh, St. Patrick's color was blue, not green, according to historians. The specific hue was a light shade called St. Patrick blue, which can still be seen on eight on the ancient Irish flags. Ooh. Okay. All right. All right. Boy, look at all the look at how smart people get with this show. <laughs> it is not only dog stuff and cat stuff they learn; they learn other stuff. <laughs> so now you can um, uh, know with the Guinness and stuff like that. You can you, tell all that uh, St. Patrick when you go out to the pubs on St. Patrick's Day. Oh yeah. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Do us fire up Dave again. <laughs> hey Dave. Hey. Okay. Yeah, now, I was too, just real quick. She sounds like a Canadian goose. Is really what it sounds like. Sorry, a Canadian goose. Oh, I still haven't heard my honkers yet. That you know, usually I can. Uh, but anyway. Okay. Now. Okay. <laughs> what I'm looking at here now. Now, when does is it? Does it? It's like she coughs and then back sneezes where she sucks in air. Yeah, it's almost like her like almost like her neck expands when she's when she's yes. honking. Okay, so what this is is it's, it's called a back sneeze, and it happens usually when the dog gets really excited. You know, like you know, you're gonna play a game, and she's ah, and all of a sudden. You know, it, it's it it it, it inhale as an exhale, but it's an inhale. Okay, it's almost like hyperventilation is what it is. And so, okay. what it is is that you take your hand and cup your hand and put it over the nose. Not don't hold on because you still got to breathe. Okay, <laughs> but what you're sure. gonna do is be on the out. You know, like maybe an inch away. You know, from the nose. You know, at first when your hand comes in, the dog is like, "What's the hand doing there?" So practice having your hand kind of like cupped in front of her face. You know, just for a little bit and just pet her. And, you know, this is before she does it, okay? And just pet her with your hand in front of her, or cupped in front of her nose. So then when she does do it, and then come up and cup your hand like an inch away or so, two inches away from the, in the nose. And it's kind of like, you know how when a person hyperventilates, they tell you to blow in a paper bag? Exactly. Okay, that makes you calm down so you can catch your breath. That's by cupping your hand in front of the nose. It's like making them almost take a gulp, you know what I mean, and be able to stop them, you know what I mean, and they can settle down, and then they go back to breathing uh, steadily again. Because what you told me, being that she doesn't snore when she's, you know, sleeping, you know, a lot of times when they do that, you think of heart problems, especially with a smashed, you know, flat-faced dog. You know, um, but being that she's not snoring that much, I just think it's when she gets excited, pay attention, because when she goes out for walks, it doesn't happen. All right, so it's not technically a a breathing problem, but just kind of gauge it. When she does it, think of what's going on. Is she getting excited because you're going to throw a ball? Is she getting excited because somebody got up and maybe she's going to get a treat? You know what I mean? Watch at what triggers it to come, all right? And then get her used to having your hand cupped in front of her face. But remember, don't touch your nose because she's still going to breathe, okay? Yeah, just an inch away. Yes, about an inch to two inches away. And just practice this so when she does do it, and then pretty soon she's going to be looking for your hand when she does it because she realizes it helps helps her settle down, okay? Oh, great. 
Okay. Good luck. Keep Thank me posted you. on it. You bet. Have a great day. Have a great day. Thank you. You bet. Hey, look at how light it is outside. Isn't it nice? Oh, it's like. I know. It's just like hot so dance. Better. Hot dance. Hot dance. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, boy, a lot of good questions today. That was a lot of good questions. And so now uh, a couple of things here. Um, I Heads up. I'm starting a shy, timid dog class. You can check my uh, uh, class out. At my website, you can go to mytalk1071.com. You can click on my website link, all right, and you can check all the classes. But the shy, timid dog class is that, like, let's say you rescued a breeder dog or a puppy mill dog, and um, they are, you, you can't even touch them. Uh, they'd rather run and hide than be sociable. Uh, a lot of people think people have to just hug and kiss these types. And the, the, the dogs, especially the breeder dogs or some of the puppy mill dogs, or some dogs that are just born with a shy personality that people think the dog has been, you know, hit or, you know, abused to be that shy. And uh, no, what hugs and kisses doesn't help these guys move forward, don't help these guys move forward. And that's the purpose of the shy dog class. And so, uh, is to get you started. It's two times an hour each. And then um, uh, we, I'll be adding on to this as we go. But the main thing is to get you to understand, to see it how f- from the dog, shy dog perspective. And then that hugs and kisses at this time is not what they need. What they need is to be shown. Uh, I mean, these dogs never heard a, uh, a microwave. They never heard a ding of a of alarm clock or the stove or the vacuum or just plain voices in general, you know, that have come from puppy mills. And so how to help them move forward and gain that build their confidence is what this class is all about and so hopefully you'll look into it and pass the word uh it's going to start on march uh 31st march 31st is a thursday either 10 and 11 in the morning or 6 to 7 in the evening and like by this is no means what this is more classes for you to help you understand you know what you need to do to move this relationship forward you can't hug and kiss them to death to make this move forward you got to work with them and show them that humans are can be trusted because a lot of the dogs that have come from puppy mills um, have been mistreated by the staff you know whereas either thrown which is sad to say they've been kicked or they've been slammed you know what I mean so they don't trust you humans and then they get out in the real world they didn't ever even seen grass before or, or car so- noises and so there's so much work that you need to do to move them forward and i re- i tell everybody about my ethel my my 12 uh, three pounder when i got her you know she would just as soon run than it be you know try to have me hold her and it took me two years to have a dog what you would call a normal dog that you throw something she'd go pick it up she'd follow you she'd greet people at the door but it took two years to get there in the first six months i made huge strides huge but then it was, you know, keep moving forward. It's not something that can be hugged and kissed away. So hopefully you look into my shy, timid class. And, and if any of you guys are listening are from rescues, you know, please pass this on to, you know, breeder dogs that you adopt out or puppy mill dogs you adopt out. Or um, because, like I said, there ha- there's a need to try to get these owners to understand their big hearts. But they have to understand they just this isn't about hugs and kisses. This is about... B- helping this dog through because they're terrorized. I mean, they're, they're fear and, and they, sometimes they're snarky. Sometimes they run, then they hide. And, and so it's building that confidence. If you get that dog that what they call a high risk, you know, they get off the leash, they're gone because they're so scared. You need this class. So please take the time to, to look into it. I'd greatly appreciate it. And then, um, 
Uh, what else we got here? Da, 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 da. And this week, being that it's going to be so nice, you know, also um, don't overwork, walk the dogs and overwalk yourself, okay? Uh, just do baby steps. Remember, everybody's been sitting on their laurels for a while. We, our our stamina <laughs> and our muscles are kind of mush. <laughs> and then plus, there's going to be a lot of salt, you know, um, you know, uh, whatever. So uh, anyway, and then also, too, guys, I've gone through my books and I've got like about 60 dog books of everything that I'm trying to find a home for. So give me a call up at Katie's Canines and uh, hopefully you can help me find home for them. I don't want to sell them. I just want to make sure they get a good home. I'm just kind of I'm trying to, you know, you know, get rid of stuff. The onion. You guys have a great week. Don't hide your dog. Train them. If you don't train them, don't blame them. Catch you later. Happy trail.